Hi, and welcome to Talking With Cancer. I'm Katie, and I'm here to give you an honest, real, and even funny outlook on living with cancer. There is no one way to do cancer, and I've decided to share my story to help and inspire others, as well as raise awareness. At age 43, I was diagnosed with a rare type of thyroid cancer known as hobnail in February 2022, having never had any health issues previously. I was fit and well and took pretty good care of myself. But despite that, I got a diagnosis and I am on a long-term treatment plan. On this podcast, I will be sharing my progress regularly. And I often speak to amazing guests who've been impacted by cancer in some way. I really hope you enjoy listening. And if you do, then please rate, review, follow and recommend the pod. Hiya, how are you all doing? Welcome back to Talking With Cancer. This week marks the 50th episode of the podcast, which is just so darn cool. I don't think when I started this podcast, which is over a year ago, I really thought about how many episodes it would be or how long I'd do it for. It just kind of happened and it's just kept happening. I'm so proud of the episodes and the different people I've spoken to and wanting to share my story, I suppose, and feeling like that is both cathartic for me and provides some great connection for other people and some kind of help in some way, whether that's hearing where I'm at and feeling like they get it, or whether that's listening to the guests and learning something new. What I hope, really hope comes across with this is there's so many different elements to the podcast that you can kind of pick and choose different things that are of interest or that may provide some insight and knowledge. And there's something for everyone. That's what I feel. And even though I get putting cancer in the title might be off-putting for some people, I hope that, you know, people have come to this and stuck with it, which you seem to have done that because I do get really lovely feedback from people and really lovely messages. So keep those coming. I really appreciate those. It's so nice to hear other people's stories and to hear those similarities and how what I'm doing and what I'm talking about might be helping them. Different ways you can get in touch while we're talking about it. You can email me hello at talkingwithcancer.com or you can go to my Instagram page, which is talking underscore with cancer, and you can send me a message from there. So yeah, I'd really love to hear from you. I thought that today, I mean, I'll give you a little update on where I'm at, which is I continue to feel well, which is great. I've been on cabozantinib. I take a 60 milligram tablet every evening. It's been about two and a half weeks, almost three weeks, actually. I'm having like the odd little side effect. It's nothing too drastic. I've got ulcers on my tongue. So I have to pick a certain type of toothpaste because very minty toothpaste makes my tongue really sore. So it's really painful brushing my teeth. 
The plantar fasciitis, which I had on the other drug, has come back. So getting a little bit of kind of joint pain and pain in the bones in my feet. But again, it's not too bad. And I do see a physiotherapist for that, which really helps. I saw my oncologist last week and she was happy with the progress that I'm making with my bloods and everything. It is still early days on the drug to know how I'm going to tolerate the drug, I should say, because um, it tends to take a little bit longer usually for side effects to kick in. But it's a good sign and it does bode well. On the result side, I'll have a scan in about six weeks where we'll see how this drug is impacting the cancer. But I'm not coughing, which is just fantastic. I can see on my neck where there are some lumps, but also some redness that's gone down a lot, which is, again, a really good sign. So I do feel really positive about this drug. And I also feel positive about the approach that I've taken with this because I am pretty confident that it's a holistic approach that's really helping. So I'm watching what I eat, I'm taking supplements and I'm doing lots of exercise, really getting loads of sleep. And just any time I want to do something or I think about doing something, I ask myself this question, how will it impact on my health? And that has to take priority over everything. So that's my new little kind of mantra moving forward. If it's good for my health, then definitely. And if it's not going to be good for my health, then no. And by the way, like I also have accepted that I might have to change my mind and I might make a plan that I'll have to cancel. You know, I did feel a bit tired over the weekend. I've probably been overdoing it a bit. And just remember, like, it's okay to take those rest days and just take that time to step back. So, yeah, I'm really, really prioritizing that at the moment. I thought that today I would reflect back a bit. I know that what I've done at the end of each series, I'm now in the fourth series, is kind of like a wrap up. I've gone back to, you know, like the beginning just summarized where I'm at and what's been going on. But I thought, because this series, I'm rather excited, it seems to just like keep going, which is lovely. I thought, well, what if I just like go back to the very beginning and just kind of talk through, yeah, how it all began and where it all began. So I started recording the podcast pretty soon after my diagnosis, which was in February, 2022. And at that time, when I got the diagnosis, I was quite inundated and overwhelmed with the influx of messages from people. And of course, all those messages and everyone who got in touch was really lovely and well-meaning and kind and caring. As a receiver, I just found that quite overwhelming and quite a lot of pressure. You kind of have to repeat your story over and over. And sometimes you're faced with questions that you might not know the answer to. And that can make you feel worse about your situation. It can be confusing because people offer all different sorts of advice. And I would say at that stage, that very, very early, very scary, very shocking stage, it's very surreal. You don't quite understand how this is happening, how it's happened. It's just an absolute flurry of chaos and chaotic emotions. And I would say at that time, you, you know, what I 
did, I guess, not even really realizing it was I just went at my own pace. I immersed myself into the cancer community when it felt right for me. That took quite a long time. Like, even though I was open to talking about it, I didn't feel like I could really connect with other people for a while. The questions that I asked my team, I really took my time in asking those questions and asking those difficult questions. I didn't want to rush into getting, like, just thrown so much information that I wouldn't be able to digest. So in response to all the lovely messages, I decided to just create an audio conversation with my friend Claire. And we sat down over Zoom and we had a chat for like an hour. And when I got the recording of that, I just sent it out to lots of these people, my friends and family who'd got in touch. And I found that conversation with Claire really cathartic because it was a very succinct way of dealing with the situation, I guess. And she was amazing. You know, she was there to respond and guide and provide a space for me to do that. And we did it the following week and the week after and the week after, and we just kept doing it. I sent this link round and the people on that email chain grew. And in the end, I was emailing out to about 100 people. And fast forward to the May, I had said to Claire after a couple of episodes, what if we just put this out as a podcast? And she was up for it. She was happy for us to do that. So that's what we did. So the first episode, which went out in May 2022, was actually recorded in the February we talk about my diagnosis in that and then we go on the next week to talk about getting a second opinion because originally I was diagnosed at the UCLH and they decided to refer me to the Royal Marsden because my diagnosis showed such a rare type of thyroid cancer that they were very honest and upfront and just said, look, we think that you should actually be speaking to the Royal Marsden about this because they specialise in cancer and rare cancer. So I switched teams, you know, I felt immediately looked after and cared for by Kate Newbold and her team, but I was actually being seen by the lung oncologist, Professor Sanjay Popat as well, because the gene, I have a mutating gene, which was something that can show up when you do a biopsy, they check for like a biomarker. So they're not just looking at the organ where the cancer is or started, they're looking at whether there is a gene that's mutated that's caused the cancer. And it turned out I have the ROS1, which actually shows up in lung cancer. It was all very confusing at the beginning because they couldn't understand why I didn't have lung cancer and why I had thyroid cancer. But I did all the tests, the bronchoscopy and everything, and it remained thyroid cancer, but with this ROS1 gene. So because that always shows up in lung, I got treated by the lung team. You know, prior to starting treatment, I think there was like a five or six week gap from being told I had cancer to starting treatment. You're in, oh, just such a terrible, terrible place. Like you're desperate to get on something because obviously I knew I had cancer at this point and I could feel lumps and bumps around my neck. My cough was getting worse and I was doing nothing about it. And I remember Kate Newbold saying to me, look, I know you're going to be desperate to start treatment, but we've got to get it right. So of course, in that time, you know, I had visions of being on chemotherapy and losing my hair and losing weight and going through that whole experience. But actually, over time, what transpired was that 
they were looking for this mutating gene. And it sort of turned out to be good news because it meant that I could take a different kind of treatment route and basically was given a drug. So I was given a pill. Um, it was three pills. It was a 600, 800 milligram dose of ontrectinib, which is a targeted treatment. And I started taking that and it worked very quickly. So it literally in a matter of days, I could feel the cough going. I could feel the lumps going down. I got freaky side effects I got like funny taste in my mouth and then it turned from like everything was bitter to everything went sweet which was delicious I ate a lot I put on loads of weight when I was on that drug my hair thinned I got dizzy quite a bit my heart actually um, was impacted I had to see a cardiologist alongside taking the treatment and that drug, the ontrectinib, can affect your heart. In fact, a lot of targeted cancer treatments can affect the heart. So it is good to see a cardiologist alongside your oncology team. So we lowered the dose a bit. I took a heart pill. And fast forward to June, I was told, listen, you know, this is showing really good results. There's reduction by, it was about 25%, just a bit less than that. Now's a good time to think about surgery, is what they said. So I got introduced to my surgeon, Professor Day Kim. Uh, it was a pretty intimidating first meeting for sure. He basically, as surgeons do, told me all the risks involved in the surgery that he was going to perform. It was pretty radical surgery because, well, the number of lymph nodes that I had, the cancerous lymph nodes, was a lot. But also they wanted to kind of get down my like windpipe and do some thoracic surgery. And it was very overwhelming and very, very scary seeing my surgeon. I was quite repelled actually. <laughs> and when I went in to see him the second time, I was, I was pretty blunt with him. And I said, look, it was very difficult meeting you for the first time. I'm finding this all a bit overwhelming. And he said, look, I have to tell you the risks. I have to tell you like what I'm getting into. And he said, but actually what we are going to do is dial down a bit. So instead of opening me up in the chest as well as doing a full neck dissection, they decided what they'd do is have a thoracic surgeon on hand from the Royal Brompton Hospital who could come into the surgery and kind of work his way down the windpipe from the neck incision, which mind-blowing, amazing, which is actually what they did. Yeah, you know, it was funny kind of going into surgery. I think that I was quite calm. I just felt I need to be in the best headspace I can be in and try to be in the most healthy, fit space I can be in, which sounds ridiculous when you've got cancer, but actually you can be quite fit and healthy with cancer. That's the absolute irony. I remember we had a very early start and... I just wanted to get into that operating theatre and get under the anaesthetic and just, you know, go through with it. That's the easy part, to be honest. It's coming out and going through recovery that's really, really difficult, really challenging. So going in and having that surgery, it was a nine-hour operation. They took 100 lymph nodes out my neck. They took my thyroid out. Poor Dinch, my husband, was with me, but he was, you know out in a cafe all day waiting for updates which didn't come so in the end he just made his way back to the hospital and it turned out they had the wrong number for him so when they tried to update him with what was going on they didn't actually get through to him so um yeah 
you know, coming out of that surgery and going through recovery, I had five nights in hospital. <sighs> Nothing can prepare you for that, you know, because you just have to totally surrender to all the blood tests and the observations and the checks. And they were constantly checking on me. I have to say they were amazing really amazing and it turned out that in that surgery which you know they were very pleased with I think it went really well they took out a parathyroid gland which can happen you have four around your neck like a grain of rice so it's very easy for one of them to accidentally be removed or more than one and what that left me was a calcium deficiency which I'll probably have for the rest of my life I have now got what's called hyperparathyroidism and I have to take a very high dose of vitamin D which helps the calcium to release and I have to take calcium effervescent calcium every day so I've started seeing an endocrinologist actually as well alongside my team just to help me with that to kind of monitor that because it can affect your bone density and your kidneys so I'm trying to just you know keep everything in check but I remember coming home from the hospital and oh going through a very dark period I had some really bad pain around my chest area which was just horrific and we couldn't figure out what that was nothing would get rid of it it turned out that it was nerve pain which is incredibly painful. It's like someone holding a hot iron against your chest all the time. It was dreadful. And that lasted for about 10 days. And yeah, gradually over time, I remember I went away in the October. So I had the surgery in July. And in the October, we went away on holiday. And I was just starting to feel there, you know, a bit better and like starting to feel on the mend. It takes a while. It really takes a while and it's so important to be patient and just to let that time be whatever it is so that your body can heal. And I think for me, it was just very hard to be patient in that period. But the podcast continued through all of this. I think we took a bit of time off around that surgery time. And, um, you know, we got close to series two and Claire decided at that point that we'd done a couple of series together and it was quite a lot I think for her to take on so after that I went solo with the podcast into series three we'd already done a few interviews actually in series two which was great I got to interview my oncologist Kate Newbold and Claire interviewed my husband, Dinch. I interviewed the doctor who diagnosed me originally, Mr. Paul Stimpson. So yeah, we did like some great interviews actually in that. And then I decided, well, when we move into series three and I'm doing this on my own, each episode I can do a little update on me, but I can interview someone every week, which is what I went in to do for series three, which was amazing because... Oh, I just spoke to such brilliant people and I've kind of started to build a bit of a community. I so I kicked off series three with an interview with uh, Dr. Paul Hwang, who is a researcher at the Institute of Cancer Research. And I was fascinated to speak to him because he specializes in all my stuff. So like rare cancers and biomarker genetic mutations and targeted treatment. And that's brilliant, really informative. Then I jumped into an interview with my friend Deborah because I referred to Deborah quite a lot when I was chatting to Claire as my friend, the guru, a very wise friend who 
just has amazing life experience and went on to set up a yoga studio, which she ran for 10 years. And she specializes in meditation. And I love her outlook on life. So we had a great chat entitled Cosmic Soup. I spoke to Carly Musa, who is a, well, she's many things. She doesn't really want to be called a social influencer, but she has got a really good following on Instagram and she had breast cancer, which she has recovered from. And she does a lot in the cancer and breast cancer space. So we had a great chat about the pros and cons of social media when you are in the cancer community. I spoke to Vicky Fox, my lovely yoga for cancer teacher. She is wonderful and she's written a book. We have a really great chat about all the benefits of yoga and how really what she specializes in doing yoga for people in treatment. I mean, anyone who's had cancer or has cancer can do her classes but really she understands how side effects can impact the body. So her classes are great. I'm a regular. I do those on Zoom most weeks. I interviewed Dr. Alex Lyon. He is my cardiologist at the Royal Brompton and he specializes in cardio-oncology. So he really understands how cancer drugs can affect the heart. And that was very enlightening because he talked about all the different things he talked as well about what it is to have a calcium deficiency like I have and why the calcium is important for the heart. So yeah, he obviously very smart man. So that's a great chat. I interview my best friend, Katie. Again, I talk about her in the podcast quite a lot. And I thought, I've never really asked her what this has been like for her. Of course, I know what it's like for her. I don't really have to ask her. I know how difficult and sad It is, and it's been at times. I just thought it would be really enlightening and insightful to have a chat with her, which it was. It was gorgeous. And I think I got a lot, a lot of response from that episode because I think what you realise is there's so much love there between both of us. There's so much love and we care about each other so much. And yeah, very special person in my life. I also interview founder of Agenus Bio, Garo Arman, who runs a biotech company specializing in immunotherapy. And wow, it's it's pretty complicated, I have to say. It's something I've been very interested in recently because I had to change treatments. Of course, my question was, what about immunotherapy for me? And the thing is, it's an amazing treatment and you hear some great results with immunotherapy, but it's not had the trials for all types of cancer yet. There are some trials happening actually with combining immunotherapy and the kind of treatment that I'm on. So watch this space. I'm very hopeful that if I need to change treatments, it could be you know, that the timing of that could be that those trials have happened and they know that that's an effective treatment route. So I'm very interested in immunotherapy. I interview Carolyn, Carolyn Garrett. She is the fitness instructor at Maggie's and we did lots of Nordic walking on the Heath every week. And Carolyn's written a book called Get Your Imp Back. And she knows a lot about exercise and the positive impact that it has on cancer patients or people who are in treatment or in remission, because it can be incredibly effective when it comes to reducing the likelihood of recurrence of cancer. So we have a great chat, Karen and I. 
I thought it'd be interesting to interview a couple of men, actually, who had similar diagnosis to me. So I interview a gentleman called David Chill, who's out in California, and he has the ROS1 gene, but with lung cancer. So we talk about his story. And I also interview a young guy called Adam Manley. We've become friends, actually, and he has thyroid cancer. It's interesting to get those two different perspectives and their treatment plan and how things have been going for them. And I also interview a brilliant woman called Rebecca Sofa. She is an expert in grief and loss. And she launched this community, Modern Loss, many years ago, not long after she lost both her parents, sadly. And that has just become a huge, huge community. She's written a couple of books, um, most recently, The Modern Loss Handbook, which I really recommend. It's brilliant. It's really what her approach is, is like, talk about this stuff. It's okay not to be okay. Grief doesn't have a beginning and an end. She's kind of normalizing all the different plethora of emotions and experiences that come with loss and grief. So we have an awesome chat. I speak to a really clever man, another Institute of Cancer Research researcher called Trevor Graham. And Trevor looks at the evolution of cancer. So sometimes what we say is a treatment stopped working. It hasn't, it's not that the treatment stopped working, it's that the cancer has evolved and it has found a way to almost overcome that treatment. And that's something that he looks at. He looks at the evolution of cancer, which is fascinating. So we have a great chat. And I also speak to a death doula, Emma Clare. I sort of discussed death early on, actually, in the series, because when you get a cancer diagnosis, that's the first thing you think of. And in my case, I have had to think about death and dying. It's something that has come to the surface and I've learned to talk about it and to embrace it and not to be afraid to talk about it. In fact, the more you talk about death and dying, I think the more you accept it and the more normal it feels. And we know this is an inevitability of life. So speaking to a death doula, which was a really popular episode, the practice of being a death doula is, I think, very rewarding. I mean, I have my own death doula now, a really lovely woman called Jenny. They're all quite passionate about, I've spoken to a few, and they are passionate about what they do. I think a big part of it is sort of taking away this idea that the unknown is fearful. That's a big part of it, I think, for a lot of people. You know, we don't know what happens. We don't know what's going to happen. And so we're afraid of that. But maybe it's not something to be afraid of. Maybe it's something, you know, to embrace and to just accept and to live with in everyday life. So, yeah, that was a really great chat with Emma. I also interview Mary Ola Daly. She's the founder and CEO of Cancer Education UK. And she's a smart lady. She set up the charity in order to educate the Bamer community about cancer and not just on the patient side, but on the medical side too, because there's a real kind of cultural fear around cancer and a cancer diagnosis in the BAMA community. And it's something as well that is sort of seen as something to be ashamed of. 
and something not to talk about and not to share. So through her work as a radiographer, she recognised this trend in BAME patients that she had. And she decided to do something about it, which is brilliant. So yeah, we have a really great chat about that. Oh, I have a wonderful interview with Adam Hills. He is the comedian and the host of Channel 4's The Last Leg. And he was incredibly open in sharing his story about his father's journey with cancer. I loved that chat. He was just, yeah, wonderful and warm and so honest. So that was really special. In season four, what I decided to do, well, it was actually my producer Alex's idea, was instead of doing an interview each week, I would interview someone every other week. And in the alternate weeks, I would update about myself and where I'm at. And I think that's working quite well. Do you like that new format? Let me know what you think. So, um, yeah, in the latest series, series four, I obviously talk about my journey on the new treatment and where that's got me and how that was. It's been quite difficult, actually, this series, like, and how I've been feeling really this year. Just I struggled a lot on the new treatment and felt rubbish didn't feel myself at all so I talk quite a lot about that and how hard it's been but in between those episodes I get to speak to some brilliant people so I kick off the interviews with Dr Anisha Patel she has written a book about bowel cancer and she's on Instagram as doctors get cancer too she had bowel cancer which she got treated for and then she decided to share her story but from you know a medical well she combines the fact, obviously, that she is a person, but she has the knowledge and experience of a doctor. So it's very real, but it's also very informative. She's a great person to follow and she's always sharing information. I interview Anna Parkinson, who's written a book called Change Your Mind, Heal Your Body, amongst other books, by the way. I was introduced to her by my lovely aunt, Helen. And um, actually, Helen gifted me her course in chakra healing, which was great. Following that, I asked if she'd come on the pod. So I do a lovely interview with her. We hear all about her story with a brain tumour and how through meditation she healed that away. I go on to speak to a rabbi who's based in LA who had cancer, Rabbi Susan Goldberg, and how her cancer experience has really had a great positive impact on her work and how she responds to her community now. I interview a dietitian called Alistair Lynn. He himself has cancer, but he is a registered dietitian. So we talk mostly about that and about his work, which is fascinating. I interview a theatre director, Raz Shaw, who has written a book about his experience of cancer when he was 28 and how following his cancer treatment, he gave up a gambling addiction that he'd had for years. So yeah, we have a great chat. Raz is a lovely guy. I speak to the Rad Chat podcast hosts, Joe and Naman, and we talk all about radiotherapy and they are incredibly passionate on the subject. So we have a really, really great conversation. And yeah, they love what they do. It's, it's so nice to hear, actually. Most recently, last week, in fact, I interviewed Rosamund Dean, who is a writer and a journalist, who's written a book recently launched called Reconstruction. And it's all about her breast cancer journey, but also finding information and 
very helpful resource for people going through something similar. In a way, she's kind of filling in the gaps that she felt she needed when she was going through that journey. So yeah, check out Rosamond's book, Reconstruction. Do you know what I've also loved? I think I started in season three, adding Voices with Cancer as a feature. So every week or every other week, I play out a voice note from a listener who has a cancer story that they'd like to share. Oh, it's been wonderful. I've really, really loved that element of the podcast. It kind of feels like what it's all about. You know, it's all about you guys, the listeners, and it's all about allowing a space for people to talk about what they've gone through and what they've experienced because it's huge. It's such a huge thing to go through. You know, everyone who's shared their story, despite the trauma and you know, the hardship and the challenge, there's always something at the end of it that kind of gives meaning, you know? And so I just want to say a huge, huge thank you to all of you Voices with Cancer. Yeah, it's been really lovely to hear from you and to stay in touch with a lot of you. And on that note, if you would like to share your cancer story, you just have to get in touch. Just send me a voice note. It can be up to two minutes long and I will play it out on an episode. So yeah, I'll give you my email again. It's hello at talkingwithcancer.com. And here I am on episode 50. I'm looking forward as well. I've got some other interviews that are coming up that are really interesting. Actually, I interview Dame Laura Lee, and she's the founder of the Maggie's Centre, which is one of the charities that I support. If you go to my fundraising page, which is a Just Giving page, it's a Talking With Cancer Fund. I support two charities, the Royal Marsden Cancer Charity, but specifically the Thyroid Cancer Research Department, and also Maggie's, because they are brilliant centres that are all around the country, and they're there to provide a nice environment for anyone going through cancer or impacted by cancer. So Dame Laura Lee started Maggie's over 25 years ago. So we have a great chat about what Maggie's is there for and how she's seen it evolve over the years and how she's seen people with cancer and attitudes towards cancer change. So that's a really great chat. Yeah, with Dame Laura Lee, she's lovely. I also interview Kevin Harrington from the Institute of Cancer Research another super smart brain and lovely, lovely gentleman who is the head of Division of Radiotherapy and Imaging, specialising in head and neck cancer and melanoma. And wow, some of the trials he's doing are incredible. So that's really worth a listen. I interviewed Jane Hutchison from Hello Beautiful. She launched the charity in 2013 after her breast cancer diagnosis and they promote non-toxic lifestyle, but they do amazing things. They do events and workshops and talks all about a kind of holistic lifestyle and living from nutrition to personal hygiene to cleaning products in your home. So yeah, a really great resource. Check out Hello Beautiful. I've got a interview coming up with the founder of Hifas Deterra, Catalina, who I've actually not talked very much about this, but it's going to be a really great chat. So Catalina founded Hifas Deterra and they are a mushroom supplement company. And I've talked a bit about nutrition and supplements. Um, 
I'm kind of mindful. I don't really want to promote that too much because I think it's really important to see a nutritionist and not just, you know, jump into these things without the guidance of someone who is knowledgeable and experienced. But my nutritionist for a long time has been talking to me actually about mushrooms and this company, Hifastatera. And I put off sort of taking their supplements for a while because I didn't know how it would mix with the treatment and I just wanted to settle into treatment. But actually, I decided to start taking them before I started the new treatment. I'm sure that's got something to do with how well I'm feeling because they're a really, really great product. And it's all about the immune system and, you know, really trying to get your immune system to work as well as it can because it's an incredible thing i don't know i feel like you know these mushroom supplements there's something in it for sure so um i'm interviewing catalina f de anna portella she is the ceo president and founder so that's coming up too and i'm sure there'll be more guests as well for this series so listen out if there's anyone oh i forgot to say as well actually i'm going to be i'm really excited about this guest i'm going to be interviewing lauren Mann, who was one of the co-hosts of the podcast you me and the big c she's done many many things she's also founded a charity called girls versus cancer and she had breast cancer age 31 so we are doing an interview a podcast recording in front of an audience which i'm very excited about that is taking place at soho house so that is a members club if you are a member you can get tickets and if you're not a member you can listen to the podcast afterwards because obviously we'll be playing that one out as well so i'm very excited about that so yeah exciting things happening as ever you know, I'm just loving doing this and I will just continue to do it for as long as I love it. So thanks to you guys for listening and being here and coming back every week and hopefully enjoying it. That brings me a lot of pleasure and joy to know that people are listening and it's helping in some way. So thank you and I'll see you next week.